Good morning, welcome to Alpine Church. Before we jump into our message today, we have a young man who is going to be reading one of the scriptures that we're gonna focus on today. My name is Austin Riley, and I attend the Riverdale campus. Today's scripture reading is Matthew chapter three, verses 16 and 17. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now we can get into today's message. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again and welcome to Alpine Church. Uh, I'm Chris, one of the teachers here, and I'm excited to be with you today as we're wrapping up our series uh, on parenting. Now, before you get up and leave, uh, just like everyone just did, uh, before you get up and leave, know that this isn't just for parents. Uh, as we've been trying to say all throughout the series, even though it has a parenting message, survival guide for parenting, we, we truly believe that every single one of these messages, these lessons, are really practical tools and tips that we can have in every single relationship, right? For those of us who have children, uh, maybe we uh, need to be encouraged to be better parents, or maybe we just need to come alongside each other and survive, right? If you have a teenager, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but maybe for those of you, uh, this can impact you in a different way. You know, uh, I think we all have parents, right? We all grew up in a family environment. Maybe some of these things we lacked. Uh, we didn't have this, this type of environment in our family life, and so this is a way for us to maybe uh, lead upwards, you know, lead up into our family, into the dynamic, and maybe elevate and, and bring health into a family relationship. Uh, maybe you're dating someone and you think, hey, maybe this thing might work out. You know, maybe, maybe this is the one for me. And God, uh, would you speak to me and prepare my heart for one day for me to become a mom or a dad? Uh, or maybe it's just that you're in relationship. I truly, truly believe that all of these things that we've talked about and we're continuing to talk about can really impact every single one of our relationships. Just a, a quick recap of where we've been uh, over the last two weeks. This is the final week, uh, the, the final week before we jump into a new series. Pastor Mark talked about our new series. Uh, I just want to uh, echo his words. Hopefully he spoke about how excited he, he was because I'm super, super excited about this upcoming series. It's called In Case You Missed It. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be digging into the Old Testament. We're going to be pulling out stories, uh, maybe that we have heard in some Sunday school, or maybe that you have heard before and just kind of passed over. Uh, maybe you didn't uh, have the time or take the time and energy to dig into God's word and to digest and dissect uh, some, some of those stories. Um, as I've been preparing for this series, it's a six-week series, God has really just been kind of like challenging me and opening up my heart to really love his word more and to dig into the Old Testament and to see that, that God used People like you and me <laughs> with really crazy life experiences. How many of us know that life is crazy, right? I mean, let's everyone raise your hand because we live in a crazy, crazy world. But as we dig into God's word, we can see that God uses everything for our good. He uses everything to draw us nearer to him. And we're going to be looking at some stories in the Old Testament that are really going to allow us to do that. So listen, uh, if you haven't gotten into a small group or maybe a mentoring relationship and you've been saying, hey, I want to get plugged in or I want to dig deeper in the word of God a little bit more, this is a perfect opportunity to do that uh, because we're going to be starting this series in conjunction with small groups. And so please get into a small group. We're going to be doing a small group push next week. Uh, make sure you get into one. And uh, I can't wait for this series, so invite someone. Uh, but today we're going to wrap this series up. Again, uh, the Survival Guide to Parenting, please, uh, this is for everybody. Uh, week one, we talked about putting God first, 
right? How many of us know that when we put God first in our life and we look to him and everything that we do, that it kind of trickles into every part of our life? Parenting, relationships, what we do, how we do it, our finances, all of those things, right? And so the first practical tip that we looked at was putting God first in our life. And I think that's more than just parenting. Uh, last week we talked about discipline, and, and how many of us know that discipline is not fun, right? It's not fun, it's difficult. Uh, you know, how many of us know that it's not fun as parents to give discipline? Well, 99% of the time it's not fun to discipline our kids. There's that 1%, don't lie, right? Like, ah, oh, you know? But, but most of the time we don't like to discipline uh, because it's difficult, or maybe we were in, raised in an environment where discipline was very unhealthy, uh, and so we kind of sh- uh, shy away from that, and we want to do things different. We want a loving environment, right? And we realize that, man, our kids are maybe not <laughs> as obedient as they maybe should be. Uh, so this idea that we learned last week, though, is that discipline is a form of care. It really, truly is. And God, even God himself, disciplines us out of love and care so that we can grow closer to him. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the series and we're going to talk about uh, affirmation. And so we're going to move from discipline to what I believe is really the, 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 uh, another important aspect of parenting, but also in other, other relationships, words of affirmation, encouragement, uh, uh, authenticity, transparency, things that we're going to be looking at today. So if you're, if you're taking notes, uh, before we jump in, just full transparency, I want you to know uh, that I ha- so I have three kids, uh, 15, 12, almost 13, and my daughter's eight. That's why I have all the grays. I've told you this before. Uh, but I have gotten parenting wrong more than I have gotten it right. I mean, I, wanna, I just want to, you know, full transparency tell you that probably 99% of the time I've failed miserably at parenting. But, but because of the grace of God and how he loves us and, and how we've modeled grace and forgiveness and things of that nature, uh, you know, we've been able to make it this far, God willing. Knock on wood, there's no wood. But uh, So here we are. We're going to jump in. If you're taking notes, the first thing that I want us to see here today, and really it's a clear picture of why this is so important. Um, I'm a, there we go. Is this, is that God himself, the creator of heaven and of earth, God the Father, he modeled this concept God modeled to Jesus his one and only son, but he also models it to us through his word that he uses this concept of affirmation. In fact, what we see is that on multiple occasions, too specifically in the New Testament, God audibly spoke words of affirmation upon his son, Jesus Christ. And so when God spoke about Jesus, it was to affirm him in what he was doing. And so the first thing that I want to know or want to ask is, do you know that God is a God of affirmation? You know, I think that there are a lot of us who grew up in faith or who grew up in religion where it was like, man, if I don't meet this standard, then I'm clearly separated from God. I'm not good enough from God. And so we have this picture of God being there and me being down here and right, I'm just not good enough. But I think it's very important for us to understand that despite any of our shortcoming, despite anything that we have ever done, God loves us. And the way that he models that love is through words of affirmation. And he did this with Jesus. The scripture that we heard the young man talk about today is in Matthew chapter 3. You you may have heard this story, right? Jesus is getting baptized. And so John the Baptist is baptizing. And as Jesus is coming in, uh, John says, we're going to baptize this person. And and he's going to end up being the savior of the world, really. But we're still, Jesus said, I want you to baptize me. And this event happens. 
The Bible says that heaven opens up and the Holy Spirit ascends down and, and, and there's this audible voice from God. How many of you just want to hear so every once in a while it would be cool to hear the audible voice of God? Probably change our lives, right? And that's exactly what happened. And when God did that, it wasn't to give instruction. It was to show them that God is a God of affirmation. Listen to what it says. This is a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son. This is my dearly loved son. And he says this, who brings me great joy. This is my son who brings me great joy. I think it's uh, important that we read that. Now, uh, he does this again in in another kind of miraculous event. If we jump like 14 chapters or so later in Matthew chapter 17, this is another event that happens where Jesus goes up and he's with some of his closest disciples and they go off to pray and this miraculous event called the transfiguration happens and it's Jesus kind of revealing his divinity and so God comes upon Jesus and he is illuminated and they're standing there, again, I'm thinking, man, I would love to be there in that moment. And they were like, okay, what do we do here, right? So Elisha's on one end and Moses is on the other and they're saying, God, what should we do? And here's the thing, God doesn't leave them stranded. What does he do? He says this, a voice from the cloud said, again, please listen, the same thing, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Words of affirmation, love, encouragement. This is how I model Parenting. This is how I model relationship. And here's what I want you to see. This time, he says something instructional. He says something very important. And I think he was not only talking to the disciples, but I think he's talking to us today too. The Bible says that God said, listen to him. Listen to him. Not only do I love him, not only does it bring me great joy, but I want you to listen to him. Now, here, here's what I want to see, us to see. When we look at these two scriptures, it really kind of pulls out two things. Number one, when God speaks, we should listen to him, right? When God speaks to us, whether it's through his word, uh, whether it's, you know, through himself, whether it's in a prayer, we should listen to the voice of God. God is the creator of heaven and of earth. And so what God was doing is saying, listen, I want you to listen to me, but I'm also elevating Jesus. What I'm doing is, is I'm elevating my son, and I want you to see that he is important. So I think that it's important that we understand that we should listen to him, But the second thing that I think we need to pull out here, if God is our standard, if God's word is the standard and we should follow after God, if we look to God and honor him in everything that we do, when he says something and we listen, we should do this. And so I feel like this is God saying, I'm modeling to you healthy relationship. I'm modeling to you healthy parenting. I'm modeling to you how you survive. And the way that you do that is you cultivate an environment, a culture of affirmation of love, of care, and of grace. You know, I, I love this, this example that we see here. You know, I think oftentimes we come to God's word and we read the scripture and we just kind of read over it, right? We kind of pass over it and we read it, but we don't really pull out really what, what richness and depth there is here because this isn't God just saying, I love you, Jesus. This isn't God just saying, look, you are my son, I love you, and it's this blanket, kind-worded statement. This is full of richness and in-depth. And what we see being modeled here isn't this that we tell our kids that we love them. What it shows us is that we accept our kids. There is a clear form of acceptance when Jesus says, this is my son. 
This is my son. These are my kids. There's this form of acceptance. And there are some times where I want to say, well, whose kid is that, right? The one being a torture. <laughs> but this is, my, this is my child. This is the gift that God has given me and my wife. Man, our kids are gifts to us, the Bible says. Every gift, every good thing that comes from heaven is a gift to us. And so we see a form of acceptance. But here's what else I want us to see. There's a form of adoration here. God adored his son. I love him. Man, I, I remember, if you've had children, like the fir- my first son when, it, when he was born, it was just, it's just a super miraculous event. It's just crazy. I mean, it, it's just crazy. <laughs> but I remember when I, when I got my son, when the doctor put him in my arms, I remember looking at this thing, this thing. <laughs> That's what I felt like at first. But then I was like, okay, he's my son. And I remember holding him and thinking, wow, man, this is mine. This miraculous event is, is mine. And then there's this, this pressure of like, okay, well, what are you going to do with this thing, right? And you got to learn how to swaddle and change diapers. And that's a whole other story. But I remember feeling love. I was crazy about this little thing. I was crazy about it. And everything that, that I've done is because I love and care. And I, and I begin to think about this in my, in my life, in my relationship with God. If God, a perfect God, if, if I, an imperfect person, can feel that way about my child, can feel that way about my son, how much more than does God feel that way about his son, Jesus Christ, who's perfect? And then how much more so that is he, does he feel that way about us? God is crazy about his son. He's crazy about you and me. And here's what I want us to see at the very end. The, the reason why I listen to him is important is because God is approving of his son, Jesus Christ. And why that's important is because at the very beginning of time, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, after God created everything perfect, including mankind, very good, the Bible said we went our own way. It's called sin. And from Genesis chapter 3, God made a plan of restoration. And that plan of restoration was his son. And his son was the one who was going to communicate the way back to God. And he did that on the cross. And so when God was saying, listen, this is my son. I love him. I care about him. And listen to him. This wasn't a blanket statement. This was a clear understanding of acceptance, of adoration, and of approval. And you see, when I begin to look at this and I think, man, as I prepare about this, do I do this same thing with my kids? Do I have this same, uh, you know, way of, of communicating about them, not often no. And I would, I would say hopefully everything that we do when we look at these kinds of things that it would challenge us because I know in my heart that if I'm fully transparent, I've failed miserably at this. But God doesn't look at us and say, well, you're doomed now. No, he says, listen, I want to show you encouragement, love, mercy, and grace. And so hopefully wherever you're at, whatever relationship that you're at, you can see that love and care and nurturing and affirmation are important aspects of that relationship. Did you know that God is crazy about you? He's crazy about you and me. Despite all of our failures, our mistakes, which we make a lot of them, maybe you're perfect, I'm not. He's crazy about me and he forgives me and he forgets and he loves and he uses my mistake to to impact my future. And he does the same thing for you. And the reason why he does that is because you're his children. Listen to what it says in 1 John 3, 1. See how, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. We are his children. We are 
accepted, we are loved, we are approved by God. You know, if you haven't felt that, I, I want you to maybe bookmark this passage in your, in your Bible, your Bible app. It's Psalm 139. It says this, for you, for you this is the psalmist crying out and loving God and, and adoring, you know, giving praise back to God. He says, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Friend, if you don't feel loved by God, please read this passage. The God who created heaven and earth, the God who created everything perfect because he is perfect himself, he loves you this way. And he knitted you and me in our mother's womb. Like there's something very miraculous about childbirth as it is, but God himself Not a distant God who doesn't know anything about us, who's just judging us and condemning us. No, this is a God full of love who in our our mother's womb, he created us perfect, our DNA. We were wired by the loving, miraculous, miracle-working God. And would we begin to see that when we fall short of the world's idea of love or in relationship, that God loves us? And in response, would we say, man, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by you. Just as God accepted and adored and and approved of Jesus Christ, his son, he does the same thing for you and for me. And that is very important for us to understand. And so then the overflow of that is hopefully it would impact every single one of our relationships. Now, you might be saying, well, well, here's the deal. Like, I wish that I could say I have this kind of love and adoration for my kids, but my kids aren't perfect. I wish that I could be like God, right? But my kids aren't like Jesus. Anybody in here have like little baby Jesus to run around? No, you don't, right? Like, let's be real, right? Like, if, if, if you're in my house, it's World War III every other day, and that ain't no joke. And the other opposite days, it's an MMA fight. I'm not kidding you. I got two teenage boys. And my daughter's getting into it too, so hopefully she's tough. But, but we don't have that. And so when we look at it and we say, well, how do we model this? Like, how, if God is perfect and Jesus is perfect, well, that's easy for God to say that this is my son who brings me great joy. But if my kids, man, they aren't any kind of joyful, <laughs> right? Like, how, how do we, uh, what does this mean for us? Well, well, I think for those of us who are skeptical, we need to understand this. Like, when we look at this concept, if God, if the perfect son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who was God in the flesh, if the perfect God of heaven need, or, or, or receives words of affirmation from God the Father, how much more then do we need that in our relationship? And how much more then do our imperfect kids How much more do they then need those words of affirmation? You see, Jesus didn't need this. He was God. He knew what he was here to do. He had a mission from heaven. He came here to live a life of perfection so that one day we could experience the mercy of God as he hung on the cross. You see, he knew what he was here to do. But God loved us so much that he did that so that we could be in relationship with him. And so the overflow of that response is then, how much more than do our relationships need that? How much more than do our kids need imperfect, broken, sin-filled kids? How much more do they need my love and care? How much more does my spouse, who has to go to work to the job that maybe they don't like every day, when they come home, how much more do they need words of affirmation and encouragement and love? 
Like how much more do, do those of us who experience what this world has to offer and we feel left short all of the time, do we need people in our life giving us words of affirmation and encouragement to move forward to do what God has empowered us and called us to do? Well, I would say we need it a lot. We need it a lot. You know, what, what I want us to see, though, it's not just this, again, blanket statement of words. Hey, honey, I love you, like when you come home. Or hey, you know, son or daughter, I love you. Or it's, it's more than that. Because how many of you heard of actions speak louder than words, right? We should all know that. Like our actions speak louder than words. And so what are some of the practical applications that we can model this in our relationships? Well, if we turn to Ephesians, um, this, there we go, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, this, fathers, I think it speaks to fathers because if you're anything like me, your fuse is about that big, right? But I think it's more than just fathers. It's, it's for all of us. But fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. I mean, how, how, how often, again, like me, zero to 60 in two seconds and I blow up, you know, like I make a mistake, I fall short, and by the time I find myself that I've already failed so I have no ability to get to where I need to go in positive parenting because I've already blown it, Right? Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Be slow, be patient, communicate. He says, rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, this is, there's some weight that comes with this. The Bible says to train up a child in the way of the Lord and it will not depart from its path. You know, hopefully what we understand from that is that we have a responsibility as parents to point our kids to Jesus. It's our responsibility. I also believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to point people to Jesus. It's called the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. We have a responsibility with our words, with our actions, how we model the love of God to our kids and to every relationship. It matters. It matters. And so we do it with the Lord's instruction in mind, which is kindness and love and mercy and grace. And then there, uh, just a few chapters earlier, this I bring in because this is something that I really struggle with. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Anybody struggle with forgiveness? It's all right. You can raise your hand. Thank you. There's three of us. Everybody else is lying. Okay, good. <laughs> forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Here, here's what I, want, what I want to pull out of this. Because I am very quick in my life to say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Every day right? God, would you forgive me for what I just did here? Would you forgive me for this? God, I really desperately need your forgiveness and your grace in this moment. But the minute someone does something wrong to me, whether it's my kids or someone else, it's like, oh, no, you didn't, right? Like, nope, right? Talk to the hand or because the, the, the face ain't listening or whatever, right? Like, nope. Like, how, how, do we need this? I do. I do. We do. And here's what we need to understand, that our God who loves us and who has forgiven us and who doesn't, uh, doesn't hold anything against us, in fact, he's relentlessly pursuing us to be in relationship with him. How much more then do we need to give that to the world? So much more. You know, I think, yes, actions, actions speak louder than words. And, and I, I want to say this. I think in my, my experience, some of the most powerful moments that I've had in parenting and even in relationships has been when I have been willing to say, look, I've screwed up. You know, like, you know, it's, it's with a teenager, you want to be the dad and you want to say, I've got it all figured out. Like, I'm the dad, you're the teenager. Like, here's all the reasons why we got to this point because of you, right? Like, but instead saying, buddy, I want to take responsibility of how I, have, how I have not led well in this moment. And I want you to forgive me. 
And when you open up a heart of forgiveness, man, the reciprocity of that forgiveness is truly life-changing. And so be quick to forgive, slow to anger. But here's what I want, want us to know. It's not just actions, it's also our words. Like what we say matters. How we act matters, but what we say. Proverbs says kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And so when we begin to read things like this, isn't this humbling because we, or I would say I, fall way short of this. So does that mean, oh, we've fallen short, we should quit? No, I think what it shows us is that we have a God who loves us and cares enough about us that he gives us these words to rest upon, to go back to and say, God, I've fallen short, would you forgive me? Now I want to model this. And so whatever, wherever you're at in your journey on whatever relationship platform it is, you have the ability to take the next step. Regardless of how much you've fallen short or how much you've failed, we have the opportunity to say, God, I want you to do this in me. I want to be an environment or I want to be a kind of person that, that cultivates this. You know, parenting specifically, let's, let's jump into that for parents. Parenting isn't, you know, we're not the yes-no police, even though sometimes I think we need to put boundaries up, right, healthy boundaries for our kids. It's not our responsibility just to be yes and no. There's more than that. Our responsibility is to let our children know, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to know that the king of heaven adores them. In fact, God created our children to be his treasured possession. We read about it in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter, we jumped two slides ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 28, or 26, verse 18, it says this. It says, and the Lord has declared today that you are a people. You are a people for his treasured possession. Man, would you begin to see that you are created by God, and he treasures you. He treasures you. Our kids are a wonderful possession to us. Our spouses are a a wonderful relationship to us. But our God in heaven, he created us so that we could give glory back to him, and he loves us in that way. You know, affirmation reminds our kids, affirmation reminds our kids that they're valued, that they have intrinsic value that God has given them. They're valued. And did you know that there are studies that when our children feel valued or when we feel valued, that we're more confident, that we're more competent, so that we, when we face or when our kids face what they face every single day, if you have teenagers and even young kids today, what's accepted in the world and what the world is driving at our kids, that when we affirm and encourage and love and empower our kids, they're able to stand up in front of the enemy because they're confident and they're bold. You know, what I want to create is I want to create world changers that will make an impact on the enemy. In fact, that was the the scripture that came up just before. This is one of my favorite passages. You don't have to jump back. I'll share it with you. It's in Psalm 127, verse 4. And when I begin to think of the responsibility that I have as a a father, this is something that, that is not only inspiring, but it's challenging to me. It's in Psalm 127, verse 4. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. I want to I say that again because it's impacted my life and it's, it's, it's changed the way that I love and lead and fail with my kids. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Here's, here's what I want you to know. There is, a, there is a very real enemy and his name is Satan and his number one plan is to steal, kill, and destroy the hope and the joy and the peace that God has given to us. 
And so in everything that he does, he is going to, to drill in and to attack our children. He's going to attack our relationships. He's going to attack us. He's, he's going to stop at nothing. But the more that I love and intentionally love and encourage and affirm and raise up my children and believe in them and show them the intrinsic value that I have, the, the more that I'm sharpening them as an arrow so that one day <clears throat> as we battle against the enemy, we can shoot that arrow and it can make an impact in the world. You see that? There is something so powerful about that. Our kids, <clears throat> they can make an impact for the kingdom of heaven. But you might be skeptic still. You don't know my son. You don't know my daughter. You're right, I don't, but I know mine. <laughs> you, you don't know what's happened. You don't know the situation. You're right, I don't. God does. But I know how difficult it's been for me. I, I know how difficult my kids are. I know the different phases of raising children, and I know the stress and the difficulties come in. But here's what I, what I want us to know, we're really gonna end with this, is that every single kid, everyone, and I would venture out to say that every relationship, even the most challenging ones, they need words of affirmation, encouragement, love, mercy, forgiveness, hope, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all the fruits of the Spirit. Needs that. And so what we need to do is we need to be, we need to be willing to do what it takes to do this. Just very practically, um, we're running out of time here, very practically, I just want to uh, go through what we're calling the three B's and the three T's. Now, many of you are like, thank God we're not going through the whole alphabet, but some of you are like, I wish we were, because I'll take whatever I can right now with our kids, right? We're just going to give you B's and T's today. Uh, I'm, the, the first three B's, the first one is this, is to be intentional. Maybe you can just follow along with me. This, thing's, this thing doesn't love me very much. Be intentional. The first thing is to be in, in, intentional. You know, this is super hard for a lot of us, especially for guys, I think. You know, I didn't grow up in a family where my dad would, told me how much he loved me, how much he cared about me, how much he believed in me. It was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to be a man's man. I'm going to pull up our bootstraps, and this is how I demonstrate love to you, right? And, and so I longed for that kind of love. My parents were divorced at a young age, and I looked for Anything that could give me love and acceptance. And let me tell you, it led to a lot of things. I'm not going to get into all of that thing, but they, none of them were good. <laughs> but here's what I want you to know. We need to be intentional about doing this. How do you develop a habit? Well, you have intentionality about it. You know, how, how do you begin something? You actually do it. And sometimes it's a reminder. I have a little reminder on my phone every, you know, three or four or five days. It's a repeating reminder on Apple. It's a pretty cool thing that you can do. And it's like, affirm, affirm your son Ashton today. He's a teenager. And I don't do it with my other kids, I probably should, but the reason why I do that with Ashton is because we, we do this a lot. We're the same human being, the same body. But I have to be intentional about it because it doesn't come natural to me. We have to be intentional in our relationships. The second is to be authentic. I, I think authenticity is a very important thing. If we're always holding everything in and not being real about certain things, then I don't think a relationship's gonna be super authentic. And so we need to be authentic in those types of relationships. And so I think transparency, speaking the truth in love, and everything that we do is super, super important. There's a level of authenticity there. Being willing to say I've made a mistake. <laughs> you know, I think something to, to think about here is with my kids, it's, I, I, I try to tell each of them individually how much I love them in different ways because isn't it the grandeur of God that all of us are different? <laughs> Every single one of us are different. I have three kids and dear Lord Jesus, they are all different, like completely different. And so, you know, God doesn't just say, hey, you have three kids and five kids, they're all the same, it'll be great. You figure out with one and three, you're great. No, it's like a new challenge every single child, right? You know what I'm saying if you've got multiple kids. 
but I have to be intentional and authentic in the way that I share with my kids how much I love them. And so one thing I would say is, uh, I've always said I love you because, and not because of what you've done, not because of something that you've done or performance. It's I love you because of your identity, who God has created you to be. You find out, you know, you know what's unique about your children. That kind of leads us into our, our last one is to be unique. Every single one of our kids are different. And so the way that I, uh, the way that I engage all of them are different. And this takes a lot of work and intentionality, right? With my, with my oldest son, he's a teenager and he likes time. And so we just, you know, it's in a car together, even if it's complete silence and he's got his headphones on, we're, we're together. I wouldn't say that that's always great, but sometimes just time together. We play video games. When I was a youth pastor about, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, I used to beat him in every video game. Now kids today, they play so many video games, they can beat you in everything, right? So, so I let him beat me in video games. My, my other son, Carden, he's, he's the affectionate one. And this also was very hard for me. I didn't grow up affectionate. And so I've had to find ways to, you know, run my fingers through his hair after football practice, give him a, you know, a massage on the legs. You know, just, just ways to show him that I value your uniqueness. I love you. And then my daughter, man, it doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> She's great, right? Like it's, I mean, she could do no wrong in my eyes. You got a daughter, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, hey, what do you want to do, honey? I want to do this, 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 and this. And it's finally like, why did I ask her what she wanted to do, right? So, but those, those are just practical ways that we can do that. The next thing, just really quick, and these are even more practical things. It's the three T's. I would say talk. You know, we need to learn how to communicate. Communication is hard, especially if you're a man, a man in here. Men, we don't do really good com- with conversations. Some of you have that gift. You should thank God for that. But a lot of us, it's not easy to sit down and talk. You know, and, and for, for all of our kids, it's different. For my oldest son, Ashton, a sup dog. You know, what's up, dog? That's like good. It's good for us. Like, we're making progress, and that's okay. You know, one day I hope he'll want to have a little bit more intentional of a conversation. You know, again, for my, my other son, it's like, how was your day, buddy? Good, Dad. That was it. That's it. But it's just it's taking the time to, to have a conversation. Uh, the next T is time. Time. You know, I think sometimes when I get going throughout the day, it's easy to, to counsel and to minister and to go to lunch, and then you finally get home, and you just want to be like, you know, you've gone to work, and you come home, and you're like, Ugh, so I'm home now. But now i got to be a dad. Are we willing to take the time of what it takes now, a good way to start this is um, what I ask my kids, what would you like to do today? Leave it up to them. The last is, is touch. You know, maybe it's just a, a fist bump, a high five, a hug goes a long way. You know, my daughter Brecken, tickle, she always says, and tickle my back, whatever. It's just those, those, those things. And so just very practically, those are things that I think, if, if you're looking for ways to start, maybe this is something that you can work with your spouse to talk about. How are we doing here? If you were like me and my wife, we took an assessment here and we're like, oh boy. <laughs> we can start here. You know, maybe it's in a small group you talk about it, whatever it might be, but every single one of us can, can take the next step in parenting but also in relationships. Uh, let's, let's end with this today. If you didn't get anything, you can advance to the next slide. If you didn't get anything out of, out of today, here, here's what I want you to know. Maybe you're here and, and you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. I, ha- I want you to understand how much God loves you and how much he affirms of you. And you see, it wasn't God just saying, I love you. It was God demonstrating his love by giving up his only child for his children. I, mean, I-, I think there's something extremely powerful, this idea that God himself, 
he modeled sacrifice by giving up the most precious thing for him, his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I could be in relationship with him. So listen, none of this stuff matters. The most important thing that matters is that you are loved and valued by a God who gave his son for you. Despite your shortcoming, your weaknesses, your failures, your sin, all of the ways that you've fallen short, God loves you more than anything He didn't just say it, he demonstrated it by giving his son. Friend, if you have not experienced that love of God, the love that says that you're mine, both now and forever, when we put our faith in him, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that that he rose from the dead, one day we will get to spend eternity in the presence of our holy father, our loving father. Please, Pastor Mark, leaders, uh, we would love to share with you how to do that today. Let's pray. Father God, I I thank you and I love you that you're a God that loves unconditionally, that you are a God who cares. I thank you that that you are a God that wants to be in relationship with me, so much so that despite everything that I've done to ruin that, you still pursue me, and that you demonstrated your love with the the most sacrificial sacrifice of all time. That was your son, Jesus Christ. God, for those of us in this room who felt like we are failing miserably as parents, myself included, would you remind me that I can continue to move forward through the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Convict, challenge, and, and affirm, and you know, do whatever you need to do in me so that I can be a better dad. And would it, be, would it be the same for everybody else in this room? God, we're all different. Would it also be that we would be better in every relationship? And most importantly, God, as we're loved by you, would we point other people to you? We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.